We're going over Rhodey's two crucial wins on the road against St. Bonaventure and George Mason, as well as an upcoming tilt at home tomorrow night against VCU, as well as an upcoming game next week against UMass, trying to extend that seven-game win streak. We have it all here, all for you on Ball with B Show. And welcome to Season 2, Episode 14 of Bong with B-Show. As always, I'm your host, Gavin B-Show, and Rhodey had to go on the road this week against St. Bonaventure and George Mason, especially St. Bonaventure, a team that really uh, battle-tested. They did beat Rutgers on a neutral court who is now ranked, but nevertheless, the Rams visited Olean on Saturday in a game where St. Bonaventure took control in the first half. Rhode Island never really had a lead uh, after the early going. With Oshan Oshuni out, still St. Bonaventure took a 40-35 to advantage at the break, all thanks to Alejandro Vasquez, who made three threes in that first half, pretty much deflating any chance of a roadie run. After halftime, the Rams started on a 7-0 run, and they went ahead for the rest. It did get close there. Rhode Island actually got the lead up to 9, 8 or 9, and with around three minutes left after a three-pointer uh, by St. Bonaventure, the game got to 69-66. The fans that don't lead were loud. They were going crazy. Um, but Rhode Island pulled away with the help of Fats Russell and Jeff Doughton. The Rams were led by, of course, Fats. He played phenomenal. He went 5-for-9 from 3, 29 points and 5 assists. Tyrese Martin stepped it up. I talked about it last week, how he went 2-for-22 in his last 7 or 8 games. He went 3-for-7 from 3, uh, getting 14 points and 9 rebounds. Sorrell getting his double-double, of course, with 13 points and 11 rebounds. And Jeff Dowden doing it all, 11.6 rebounds and 4 assists. Rhode Island shot 46.6% from the field. And this is a very good stat right here. 9-for-21 from 3, 42.9%. And they did shoot well from the free-throw line, going 75%, 18-for-24. Only turning the ball over 11 times. On the other side of the ball... Kyle Lofton led the uh, Bonnies with 15 points. Dominic Welsh and Jared English, guards both, had 14. Justin Winston, their main forward, had 12. And, of course, Alejandro Vasquez, he had those three threes in the first half. He finished with 11. The stats for St. Bonaventure are nearly identical, shooting 46.2% from the field, 41.2% from the three-point line, 76.9% from the free-throw line, and only turning the ball over 13 times. The Rams won that game 81-75. to Although it was a big road win, extending that win streak to seven, I mean six rather, they still had another game in a week to go. They had um, a road visit against George Mason down in Fairfax, Virginia. In this game, the Rams started off hot. George Mason threw some shots back, but the Rams took advantage and got an early 10-point lead and held on to that throughout the first half, getting it uh, to a 37-27 advantage for the Rams at the break. And in the second half, the Rams did not stop. They went up as much as 19 for George Mason, whittled it down to 8 with 10 minutes to go. It was getting a little scary there for Ram fans, but they ended up pulling away. 78-64. 
led by senior guard Jeff Downton. He played phenomenal, 20 points. He went 8 for 12 from the field, which is just so efficient and so great for him to know that the Rams, if they're struggling to get the ball to Jeff Downton, he will facilitate and he will make buckets when you need him. Tyrese Martin, 4 for 7 from 3. He had a great day. Looked like everything was going in. He had deep threes, short threes, whatever it was. Tyrese Martin finished with 18 points and a double-double with 10 rebounds. Fats had a quiet game, but he had a solid 15 points, 6 rebounds, and 6 assists. And Antoine Walker had 13 points as the Rams shot an amazing 51% from the field and 41% uh, from three-point line and made 17 of their 25 free throws and turned the ball over only nine times. George Mason and Justin Keir, led by forward A.J. Wilson, who seemed to do everything, dunk on Mikai Long, whether it was to shoot a three, a jump shot, turnaround, fadeaway. He finished with 23 points, a career high, and nine rebounds. Jordan Miller was the only other guard that really contributed with 11 points and seven rebounds. Jeff Down really put the clamps on Javon Green. Um, the uh, George Mason Patriots shot only 38% from the field, a solid 2-for-19, a 10% mark from th uh, three-point range, and they shot a horrendous 45% from the free-throw line, going 10-for-22, yet only turning the ball over eight times. Those two wins for Rody were monumental, as going into Friday, we knew, or tomorrow night, rather, is a good team, and this is going to really help clear a picture in the A-10. And Rodon needed to do what they needed to do, and that was take care of business, especially that George Mason game. St. Bonaventure is a very tough team to beat, especially in that atmosphere in Olean, so I'll give him that, but George Mason was a take care of business night. If they didn't win that, that would have been just detrimental to the team in that A-10 um, standings. They would have still been in second place, but it would have been close, especially with that game of ECU coming up. Now that the Rams are on that seven-game win streak, the Ryan Center should be packed tomorrow night against VCU in what should be a, um, the game of the night pretty much in college basketball. As no top 25 teams are playing. It's really the headliner. Uh, it's great for the Rams, both Rams, VCU and Redown. It's great for America to see these two great teams play in this great conference. So let's get right into that preview of Rhode Island and VCU. The last time these two teams met were in Virginia, where the Rhode Island Rams took the upset road victory. Rhodey winning that game 65-56. to Some great defense and, of course, timely offense, especially free throw shots by Jeff Downton and Fats Russell really sealed the deal. And a, play, uh, a great layup play by Antoine Walker really helped the Rhodey Rams win that one late after leading in that game most of the time, these uh, all the time, actually. Um except the early going where VCU took a 3-0 lead or 2-0 lead. Rhode Island really played well throughout the whole game and keeping VCU from coming back. But this time, the Rams of VCU want vengeance. Of course, they're led by Mike Rhodes. And, of course, that forward, Marcos, Marcus Santos Silva, who averaging 13.2 points a game and 9.2 rebounds. Also led by Durante Jenkins, who's a guard who averages 10.8 points, a three-point threat, as well as Marcus Evans, who can really, if he gets hot, he can make any shot in the game. He averages 10.4 points a game, and probably one of the best freshmen, if not the best, in the A-10, Bones Highland, or Nishan, uh, a.k.a. Bones Highland. He's averaging 8.1 points a game, doing everything 
for the VCU Rams. The Rams are 16 and 5 on the year and 6 and 2 on the A10. The, uh, the VCU Rams shoot 43% from the field, 35% from three, 71% from the free throw line, and turn the ball over 12.8 times a game. Um, some good wins since Rodon has played them. Richmond by 19 at home, which was huge, which would be huge for Rhodey if they can defeat VCU, saying that VCU defeated Richmond by 19 at the Seagull Center, something Rodon defeated them in. And they also beat St. Bonaventure, but they have lost to Rhodey since Rhodey. They've lost to Dayton, but since then they're on like a 4-5 game win streak, so they got some confidence. They got some good things stirring coming into this one, but Rhodey on their 7 game win streak, they were 8-5 and five at one point. And 0 and 1 of the A10. Now they're 15 and 5, 7 and 1 of the A10. Fast Russell leads the Rams with 19.6 points a game, leads the conference, I'm pretty sure, and with 4.8 assists and three steals up there in the nation. Jeff Down with 13.9 points. Tyrese Martin with 12.4 points and seven point and seven rebounds a game. He has been shooting 50% from three-point range, seven for 14 in the last two, after I mentioned him slumping two for twenty-two in the last five or six games. He's been doing well as of late. And Cyril, not averaging a double-double, but very close. 9.8 points a game, 10.2 rebounds, and averaging 1.9 blocks. He had a crazy block, against a couple of them against George Mason, which were pretty cool to see. The Rams, uh, just like VCU, are shooting 43% from the field. Are shooting a little lower, uh, Rhodey is, from the three-point range, going 31.8%. And the free throw percentage, just below uh, 68%. The Rams are also uh, averaging a little lower, uh, 12.2 turnovers a game, which if they can keep that low and make VCU's high, if Rollins' defense can step up, use the Ryan Center crowd, use the roadie faithful in the game of horns between the Rams and the Rams, I feel like if Rhode Island's crowd um, comes out, which I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be a sellout, if their defensive intensity is up there, uh, get aggressive and don't let them shoot the three ball or at least challenge the three ball, I feel like uh, you guys have a good chance of winning that ball game as Cyril Angevine really locked down Marcus Santos Silva last time they played at the Seagull Center. That if Rodon can really stop that three-point presence and start and get aggressive on defense to get easy baskets, get to the free throw line a lot, and get easy turnovers into easy layups. I feel like those are the keys to the Rhode Island game, definitely, especially with. Fats Russell, who is a layup monster, who can do any type of reverse spin. Same with Jeff Down, he just hangs in the air. But especially those two, because if they get to the line, they're almost guaranteed to make both free throws. Um, so yeah, that's the rundown on the URI game. It is on ESPN2 tomorrow night at 7 o'clock at the Ryan Center. It's going to be a great one as URI looks to extend their second place threshold. If Ryan would win uh, tomorrow night, they would uh, maintain second place uh, by two games uh, with VCU and Richmond and Duquesne trailing by those same amount of games. And we'll put them one game behind Dayton in the A-10 standings, giving Rhodey a, a, a fine chance if they can beat Dayton one or two times, uh, which will be very hard to do. But a fine chance to indeed maybe get the one seed. I don't, don't want to talk about it. Because as soon as I talk about it, probably not going to go well. That's just how it goes with my luck. But if they can put themselves in the right situation when they play Dayton, they can be 10-1 and when they play Dayton. be pretty good. But the main goal is obviously tomorrow night. It's a big game. Ryan Center, sellout. I'm so excited. I'm going to be there. 
at the Ryan Center. It's just going to be it's gonna be a party. And I'm just waiting. I can't wait for the fun tomorrow night. Hopefully, we're down. Can get the victory. Now, after the game against VCU, they cannot sleep. They've got a pesky UMass team coming into town on Tuesday, the 4th of uh, February. UMass, they're 9-12 and 3-5 in the A-10 conference. They have a win over Duquesne, which I think you or I kind of broke Duquesne because right after they, they had to go on the road to UMass, Duquesne did, and UMass just gave them a thump and won by, I think, 11, 9 or 11. UMass is battle-tested. They have uh, losses, not blowouts. They've lost by uh, 9 or 10 to UVA, St. John's, Rutgers, and South Carolina. And their big losses in the Atlantic 10 include St. Louis, uh, Dayton, and St. Bonaventure. Of course, UMass is led by Coach Matt McCall, but also center Trey Mitchell, who's averaging 15.6 points a game, 6.2 rebounds, TJ Weeks, guard, is averaging 14.7 points. Carl Pierre, their main three-point shooter, who you are asked to look out for, is, 14, is averaging 14 points a game. And Sean East, the second, uh, guard averaging 10.2 assists, uh, 10.2 points and 4.9 assists. As a team, UMass is shooting just below 43% from the field, just below 35% from three-point line, and 69% from the charity stripe, turning the ball over around 14 times a game. Keys for Rody at the Ryan Center on Tuesday night against UMass is definitely make UMass turn the ball over, make them feel uncomfortable. Very similar to approach against VCU. You got to stop Trey Mitchell down low, put Cyril Langevin on him, make him take tough shots. Don't let him get three-pointers off and don't let him get hot, especially Carl Pierre, who did damage to the Rams last year in Massachusetts as they beat the Rams, I think it was by seven, in that one. So again, four turnovers gets the rack. All right, play fast, make shots. Because with, you know, the not inexperienced, but, you know, the young team that UMass has, if Rhodey can really have a drive and kick mentality, is really force Trey Mitchell into foul trouble, get him, you know, getting some bad fouls, and then just start taking the ball out and hitting shots. Those are some keys to Rodon victory in my mind. Moving on from Rhodey. We have some A-10 play of the last week and what is upcoming. Of course, the game starting last Saturday, you had URI St. Bonaventure with URI winning that one 81-75. to But you had a big game uh, when it came to the top seeds. You had Dayton traveling to Richmond in a game where it was close. Richmond actually had a good lead in the first half, but Dayton took control. A second-half comeback was just short. For the Richmond Spiders as Dayton just pulled away in the last minute. Uh, down by 22. Came back to around 7 or 9. And Richmond just couldn't do anything with that. They lost 87 to 79. Uh, um, the biggest game in Robbins Center history. It was sold out. It was loud. It was a great atmosphere. But Dayton just took it to them. BCU beat LaSalle. Duquesne lost by 9 to UMass. St. Joe's. Went on the road and lost to George Washington, who's prevailing to be a, a solid team. And Davidson crushes George Mason at home by 15. Moved to Saturday, he had one game. Fordham just scored 39 points against St. Joe's, uh, St. Louis, rather. St. Louis only scored 55, but Fordham only held to a measly, a measly 39 points uh, for the Rams. Moved to the next game on Tuesday, you had Rhode Island and George Mason. 
Already won that game, of course, by 14, 78-64. And then, of course, I talked about this earlier, but Richmond traveled to VCU trying to break that losing streak, uh, trying to uh, break that less of a losing streak, but more of the losing way after that Dayton loss. But VCU did win by 19, 87-68 after the game was tied um, at 39 at halftime. VC just pulled away. And then last night, we had some great games. Dayton traveled to PPG Paints Arena, where Duquesne uh, showed out with 7,000 fans, one of the biggest games in uh, PPG history. And Dayton just hold on, held on, barely at the end, and won that game by 4, 73-69. Great effort by the Dukes. Shows that Dayton is actually beatable at another opponent's territory. These, no, these, George Washington defeats Davidson. Yes, George Washington. George Washington defeats Jake uh, Davidson 107-104 in quadruple, yes, quadruple overtime. If you can't do that, if you can't, if you don't know what that means, it's four overtimes. Crazy game. I was watching the end of that one, and it went down to the wire. George Washington was led by Maceo Jack, who had 35.7 rebounds, and that was just a great game. In general, but think about this: uh, George Washington's big man um, Toro, I forget his first name, was out the whole game. All right, but he came in the last 13 minutes to play in second overtime, third overtime, and fourth overtime, and had 11 points, six rebounds. I mean, imagine he played 13 minutes. He played the last three overtimes. Just that he just suited up. And he got 11.6 rebounds. That is just impressive right there. Some other games that were um, on last night were St. Bonaventure and Fordham. Both teams, uh, St. Bonaventure, got Oshuni back from concussion. And they went to overtime in that one, 62-55. to St. Bonaventure prevailed on the road. And St. Joe's lost to UMass. St. Joe's can't get anything going. They lost by 15, 91-76 against UMass. And then St. Louis squeaked out a one-point victory against LaSalle in overtime, 77-76. to Look ahead to next week. Next week on Friday, of course, you have Rhode Island and VCU. On Saturday, you got UMass, Davidson, St. Louis, St. Joe's, George Washington, Richmond, which should be a sneaky good game. Fordham Dayton blowout. George George Mason St. Bonaventure should be a good one as well. And on Sunday, LaSalle travels to Duquesne. Next Tuesday, of course, you have Rhode Island and UMass. That's the only game of that night. And then next Wednesday, ending off next week with the A-10, you have Duquesne traveling to St. Louis in what should be a great one, as well as George Washington trying to test their luck, travel to St. Bonaventure, see if they can get an upset victory over the Bonnies in O'Lean. And we're going to look into the A-10 standings to finish off this segment. We're going to start in the A-10 with Dayton leading, of course, at 8-0. Rhode Island at 7-1. VCU at 6-2. And then a slew of teams, Duquesne, St. Louis, Richmond, and St. Bonaventure at 5-3. George Washington and Davidson at 4-4. UMass at 3-5. George Mason at 2-6. LaSalle and Fordham both at 1-7. And and St. Joe's at 0-8. A win for Rhodey would put them at 8-1 tomorrow night, and a win against UMass put them at 9-1. But talking about tomorrow night, they put them at 8-1, and and, uh, VCU dropped to uh, 6-3. We would put them two games behind Rhode Island and put the rest three and a half games by tomorrow night, which would be huge for the Rams. Now, 
We're going to head into the Power 5 in across the country college basketball. Last week, there wasn't that much games, but they were close. There was a couple good ones. We had Nova and PC, where Villanova just pulled away from PC. PC couldn't really get anything going once they got very close to Nova in that, in that second half. Not taking good shots. Led to a four-point Nova victory, 64-60. to uh, Illinois squeaked out an overtime victory on the road against Michigan. Illinois won that one in overtime. 64-62. to 62. Kentucky, as well as Illinois, went on the road to defeat number 18, Texas Tech, 76-74 to 74 in overtime. Baylor went on the road against Florida and defeated them 72-61. to 61. Arizona blew a 22-point lead as they lose on the road against ASU, 66-65. to 65. And look to last night where West Virginia got upset by Texas Tech on the road. That's what last week had in store for us, but this week we've got some solid ones. Tonight we have Iowa and Maryland, uh, 18 versus 15. Great Big Ten matchup. On Saturday, we have Kentucky, number 13 in the nation against number 17, Auburn. Great one. Number 9, Duke travels to Syracuse. Magic seems to happen in the Carrier Dome when Duke travels there, so it'll be a good one to watch as well. Number 14, Michigan State travels to Wisconsin, and on Sunday, number 19, Illinois, Played number 18, Iowa, another big Big Ten game, as well as on Tuesday, number 25, Rutgers, playing number 15, Maryland. Number 24, Penn State, plays number 14, Michigan State. So, again, a lot of great games in the Big Ten. And 17, Auburn uh, has traveled to Arkansas on Tuesday. Sneaky good game. And we have some Big East action as well. We have number 8, Nova, traveling to number 16, Butler. Last thing we can do is take a look at the standings throughout the Power Five and the ACC. Louisville leads that by a game and a half. They are 9-1, while Duke and FSU trailing by a game and a half. They are at 7-2 in the ACC, while UVA and Syracuse both at 6-4. At the Big 12, Baylor 7-0, leading the charge. Kansas game behind after taking that L a week or two ago at the Fog Allen Fieldhouse against the Bears. Kansas is 6-1 in the Big 12. West Virginia, TCU, and Texas Tech all knotted up at 4-3, with West Virginia holding those tiebreakers. Not after actually last night, Texas Tech holds that one. Um, but they're both at four and three. They're uh, those three tied in third. Big Ten, yeah, a lot of good teams here. Yeah, Michigan State at eight and two, Illinois at seven and two, Rutgers at seven and three, Maryland at Iowa at six and three. That's a big game tonight. That would break that tie. And Penn State is at five and four as with Wisconsin, Indiana, and Michigan. Look at the Pac-12. It's just so mediocre. Oregon at six and two, Colorado five and two, USC five and two. After that, just drops off. Stanford four and two, and then Arizona at three and three with Cal, who's also at three and three. But look at the SEC. You have great teams in that middle of the pack, not even up there. You have LSU's at seven and zero, which is just unbelievable. They really struggled to end their non-conference schedule, but really have picked it up ever since. Kentucky at six and one, Auburn at five and two, Mississippi State, who's a solid team, at four and three. With a lot of other teams, you had Bama at four and three, South Carolina at four and three, Texas A&M at four and three, a, a solid uh, Florida uh, uh, Florida team at four and three, and as well as a, a decent Tennessee team at four and three. So the SEC conference is loaded right now, as well as the Big Ten. But look at the SEC. Look at that tournament, man. That is going to be one tournament for sure, and I can't wait for that to start commencing. And, you know, I've always been waiting for other things to happen. You know, of course, conference season comes, and then it's a conference tournament, and, you know, March Madness comes around the corner. But Rhode Island, after, as of right now, 
Uh, looking at their March Madness implications, they are at 45, highest they've ever been in the net rankings, and 53, I believe, in the Ken Palm. Both good signs. Not where they want to be uh, as like as of March. They want to be up more, but that's just stepping stones, if you know what I mean. We're down starting at 80. They're like 84 or 85 or 86 entering, you know, 8-10 play, especially after the loss to Brown and the loss to Richmond. So they really stepped it up. Rodan, big game tomorrow night against VCU. Game of horns, as they'd say in Kingston. Um, in that one, it's a blue out at the Ryan Center. ESPN 2, 7 o'clock, January 31st tomorrow night. I'm very excited to see that one. The Ryan Center is going to be ramped up. And it's just going to be a, a crazy atmosphere. And I can't wait for that game. The ruckus, the student section. It's going to be just unbelievable, and I just can't even fathom it right now. I can't wait. I'm as excited as the PC game. And then you can't forget on Tuesday, they've got UMass, a game where they should win, which always means taking care of business. That game is probably going to be close knowing Rhode Island as they seem to play down to competition, which is something that they shouldn't do. But nevertheless, it's UMass. UMass seems to have Rhode Island's number the last couple of years. They've always won like once or twice, uh, well, at least once. Um a couple of times in the last couple years. That's going to be it from this podcast. Stay tuned. Next week, we're going over Rhode Island's game against uh, George Washington and their big road game against number seven, Dayton. So stay tuned next Thursday for that episode. And Rhode Island's got two games this week, especially the game tomorrow night against VCU. And as always, roadie, roadie, roadie.